This is the 19th season of Bass Talk Live. BTL is presented by Bass Cat Boats, Strike King Lures, Aftco, Pro Guide Batteries, X-Zone Lures, Shoreline Boat and RV Repair, Spro, Gamakatsu, Big Bite Baits, The Bass Tank, Denali Rods, Beatdown Outdoors, and Sunline. BTL, coming at you! Good evening, and welcome to a special evening edition of BTL Bass Talk Live, where we are going to talk about bass fishing. If you listen to the Luke Palmer show today, I uh, I mentioned that Wednesday's guest was none other than uh, Bassmaster Elite Series Pro Matty Wong, who uh, who spent some time in California, but but also lives in Hawaii. And then it never crossed my mind that when I booked the show a couple weeks ago, he was like in the states, and then he went to Hawaii. And then I get a text from him today that's like, "Hey, dude, uh, what time are we doing this show?" I said 8.30 a.m. We do it 8.30 a.m. every every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And he's like, ooh, well, that's 3.30 a.m. in Hawaii, folks. So we did a little we did a little moving around. So it's now uh, 3.30 p.m., 3 o'clock p.m. in Hawaii. But you don't have to get up in the middle of the night to do a fishing podcast. Maddie Wong, welcome to BTL. Oh, thanks, Matt. I appreciate it. Uh you letting me sleep. <laughs> yeah, what, what was that thought process when you, I mean, there had to be a, I cannot believe I agreed to do this moment that went through your head. Yeah. Well, I, I was like, okay, yeah, that date works fine. Cause I know we were trying to figure out yeah. a date and I was like, oh no, yeah, that works great. And then I'm like, okay, uh, I should probably prep up the rest of the schedule and see uh, what time you're thinking. And then when you hit me with that, I was like, oh, oh bud. Yeah. Mark <laughs> Edwards said, it's Wong timing. <laughs> That's oh, what time we had Wong. to do it. Total Wong uh, timing. But uh, I mean, first things first. Obviously, uh, Hawaii feels a world away from where we are in Oklahoma. There, a lot of uh, a lot of news in Hawaii with the, the fire that went on there. Like, where is your kind of relation to it? Uh, friends, family affected by it. I mean, you're in Hawaii, but it's not. I understand it's an island chain, so. Mm-hmm. How has that affected you? Uh, I mean, it's it's absolutely heartbreaking. I mean, it's like a it's, a it's a pretty devastating event that happened. So, I mean, I guess regardless of where you are in the in the mm-hmm. island chain and, and the world, uh, I, I guess your heart will go out to people that literally lost anything. And if you've ever lost a family member or lost you know, anything due to natural disaster, I think you can empathize uh, with the people of Lahaina. Um, so it, it's, it was super difficult because I mean, when, when the fire had happened, I was in Ohio, um, I, you know, being thousands of miles away, you just, your hands are tired and you feel helpless. You want to be able to help and, and, and be there, but you know, but you can't really do anything. Yeah. So it's, I had a couple close friends, um, you know, their family, their direct families uh, lost everything. Um, one of my my buddy's girlfriend, uh, her, all of her cousins lost their homes. They're from Lahaina. Um, one of the kayak guys that we fish with, his dad passed in the fire. Um, and so it was, 
it's pretty heavy, man. Um, mm. that's really? why, I mean, I, yeah, I, I tried, you know, every which way I could to, to just be able to get, get the word out to, you know, people about donating and, and, and whatnot. And, um, and, and I think a lot of people also, I think respectfully were like, okay, I'm not going to travel to Hawaii right now. Um, and I think that there was a little bit of a, the, a, like kind of a blurred line, um, like Hawaii is open. It's a place that thrives on tourism. That's our main source of economy. Uh, so all the rest of the islands are completely open. Maui's still open, but we all just ask of people and my friends and my fans is like, if you're going to visit Maui, stay away from Lahaina, stay away from that side of the island just to give people the space and the, the, the resources. But, you know, come spend money, <laughs> help yeah. uh has to keep to, keep it going. So is there any yeah. is there anything that you have or that you're aware of that like a direct direct way to help in the fishing community yeah, for any For sure. I mean for people that uh, you know have the purpose to donate um and, and whether it's a dollar or if it's $100 um one of my 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 good friends who runs a local business in Hawaii that does like fish flags which is kind of cool uh you know for guys that go out in the ocean or she'll even make some freshwater flags too. It's just kind of neat. She started a GoFundMe that uh, donate donates to Lahaina fishermen and the tour boat operators uh, of Lahaina Harbor. Um, so uh, my friend, um, Christina uh, Helene has, has set this up. So um, I'll send you the, I'll, I can send you the GoFundMe link. Um, and uh, they're just, they're just plugging away, trying to raise, uh, you know, 50 grand basically to, to mm -hmm. help divvy up between all the, the people there, um, um, in Lahaina and all the people that, you know, if you look, if you see photos of what the, the Harbor actually looks like, it's just the entire Harbor got absolutely decimated. And, uh, anyone that got lucky to be able to get their boats out in time, um, you know, were spared, but there was only very, very few people, uh, that were able to actually do that. So, yeah, send me that um, link and I'll throw it into the uh, YouTube and iTunes description. That would be awesome, man. After um, the show. Yeah, for sure. That would, that would really, really appreciate it. Uh, I'd appreciate it. And, and the people of Lahaina would also appreciate it. So <clears throat> that's, uh, that's cool. I have some more, I guess, Hawaii news. So I, I opened up my Instagram the other day and I got a, I got a follow from the Hawaii High School Bass Fishing Club. Oh, which yeah. I which I thought was like real, but no, it's like real guys and girls in Hawaii that are part of the official, and I'm assuming mm -hmm. largemouth and smallmouth bass club right there in so Hawaii. Actually, like, yeah, so the the two islands, and this is a, a common question that I get all, yeah. all asked all the time: is is wait, there's bass in Hawaii? And if so, like what islands are they on? And yes, there's bass in Hawaii. Uh, there, I grew up on Oahu. We have largemouth, peacock bass, and smallmouth. Uh, so we have smallmouth in the streams, and then in the reservoir here, Lake Wilson, we have peacock bass and largemouth bass. And uh, Lake Wilson is like my home body of water. That's where I grew up fishing. Where I grew up and figured out how to throw a bait caster when I was you know, a little kid. And then those uh, boys and girls are on the island of Kauai. So they're, they started their own club there, which is now bass recognized. And also uh, they can, um, they're, they're, they've been trying to compete, uh, which is incredible. Uh, Cash and one of the other boys came over. I, I, 
I feel like they just missed the final day by a few ounces, but the fact that they were able to go to like lacrosse, La Wisconsin, compete against 300 other teams. And I think they finished up in like the 50. I'm looking at it right now. 39th out of 256 teams for nationals and 43rd out of 394 teams for never for, been uh, there. Never been there. Uh, my, my, my good friend in uh, Wisconsin uh, was able to, to reach out. I, I reached out to him and I was able to, to get them a boat. And uh, yeah, so awesome. That's the boys right there. Cash is actually rocking one of my custom hats. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's so neat, man, because in Hawaii, you don't growing up fishing, you don't um, sport. Isn't a big, you're, sport fishing isn't like a big thing yeah you know like you think of fishing you think of sustenance sustaining uh and then also like uh, harvesting for your family like what you did yesterday exactly what i did yesterday. we'll get into that later but yeah yeah, yeah. okay and so the fact that you know now they have there's a bunch of reservoirs there a lot of them are private unfortunately but there's a couple public ones and um there's a couple rivers that the bass are flourishing really healthy populations. They feed up on a whole bunch of stuff and it's super fun. And it's not like you have any like foul weather, really. Mm -hmm. If it rains, it's warm rain and they'll eat top water year round though, you know? And so it's really, really fun. And I'm stoked that these kids finally banded together with the help of uh, a few of the dads. Um, Cash's dad, Matt is actually a super solid guy and he kind of really spearheaded it. Um, and, and help create the their their group and to get the club off the ground and it's been like a real active figure in trying to get these kids uh you know off island to be able to compete mm -hmm. with um yeah. with everything so it's uh it's really cool it's super inspiring um and i'm stoked that i can be a part of you know part of their and they have their, to be super pumped to like have you to follow on the elite series like yeah, through all the tournaments. I mean, that's got to be freaking wild for them too. It's pretty neat, man. I they send me messages and and whatnot and cheer for me. So, um, yeah, I get I get all pumped out whenever I can. Yeah, it, all it is on Instagram out. is just Hawaii high school bass fishing, all one word. If you guys, yep, yeah, want, go again. Want give to follow, follow that? Give them a follow. Yeah. They got seven hundred sixty-five followers. We got to get that up to a to a thousand. Yeah, let's get it up to a thousand, man. Send them a message. Just send them, you know, the the support and the stoke, and they they'll they're so happy, man. They, I was able to get um, one of my sponsors, Lateral Vision, to make some jerseys for them, and so uh, they have a whole little crew where they got their jerseys, and and I got Mega Bass to donate some stuff to them. So it was just really cool to to get some of my sponsors involved and to get um uh can. Ma, can you turn that light on for me, please? <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so that was, was an impressive neat. snap. That was crisp. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be like, "Hey, Ma, turn the lights on." <laughs> yeah, uh, get some you, meatloaf. You, some meatloaf. <laughs> meatloaf. <laughs> Love you, Mom. Thank you. <laughs> it's, hey, it's also so nice. before we get back into it, we're going through like a severe storm here. So if for some reason oh, the electricity yeah. kicks out here, you're still live. Oh, okay. So I'll just talk to myself then. And I'll <laughs> uh, oh, I think literally as you said it, I think it just froze. So I guess I'm just gonna keep talking. 
I think there's no way that Matt had timed it that perfectly to, I guess so. So I guess I, I, I don't know what I should talk about. Um, hmm. Let's hope that it kicks back in soon. That's literally hilarious that he told me if the electricity goes out. Wow. Um, well, let's go so do some show and tell. Uh, let's see. Yesterday I was able to go out and go fishing with a couple of my friends. And um, we went out to this, uh, this spot that's um that's really that's known as uh the banks and um yeah went did some fishing caught myself a oh no that was a super good one eat right at the boat um And, uh, yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Mercer's still on. So, hey, I guess I'm still on live. So I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> uh, yeah, who needs a host anyways, right? I guess I can host myself. So, uh, what else did you guys catch? Well, funny that you may ask, uh, caught a bunch of mahi-mahi as well. And uh, yeah, my girlfriend Ollie made it along, so we uh, we we caught some mahis. That's the Ono, other known as Wahoo, and then that's the yellow spot, which is a papillo. I actually landed that papillo from 200 feet of water on 15 pound test, and I snagged it in the side with my bait rig. Um, which I wasn't supposed to land that fish, it's pretty pretty crazy. Um, the, the hook was completely bent straight and it was holding on literally by a bent barb. And that's a really, really tasty fish. So I was, I was stoked that I was able to, to, to get that in and um, add that to the cooler for the day. But yeah, it was a long day. Started at 5 a.m., got back at 5.45, saw some dolphins, caught plenty of fish, lost a few fish. Um, but uh matt's texting me right now he's like i can't believe the the power went on um and uh since we got our cell phones now uh dave mercer is actually uh tuning in to this so uh shout out to my buddy uh the mercer and uh yeah he asked a couple questions just to see um how tough was it going into the last three events and how did you deliver how did you deliver when the stakes were at the highest that's an incredible question. It I really had to honestly kind of just let go um, and uh, just really let go of the outcome, if that makes any sense. I think when you put too much pressure on yourself to perform, um, you can really get in your own head and get really spun out about, you know, obviously I wanted to requalify, but if you put too much pressure on that, I feel like as individuals, sometimes we just end up choking and, and, and you don't worry about like just really enjoying the moment. And for me, I wanted to really enjoy the last three events because uh, it was a chance that it was going to be my last three events as a, 
a professional bass angler on the elite series. So I just, Oh, he's back, bro. I kept everyone for the past 12. Oh, wait, like eight, five, six minutes. That was phenomenal. We've just been doing story time. Mercer asked me a couple, asked me a question, and uh, I was just kind of rolling with that. <laughs> hey, I told, I was literally in the mix. I like heard, I could hear through my headsets. I could hear it rolling, and I'm kind of like out in the country. So I mean, I'm I'm plugged into the, you know, the the good internet, not like wireless. Um, yeah, yeah. but and then the, everything just went dark. Oh man, it's so, funny that you literally like prep. You're like, oh, heads up. Uh, the power might go out because we're having a thunderstorm click and you froze. Yeah. No, it was actually good timing uh, there. But the key there is to let everyone know, hey, you're still live because the first time that I didn't realize that and uh, it was like daily life for half an hour for my guests. <laughs> it was oh just my goodness. it was good stuff. But no, anyway, follow the uh, and thank you. Uh, you said uh, you said Mercer was on here. Yeah, Mer I, yeah, Mercer's. Uh, Thank you. Well, in. he knows how to run a show, so that's good. Yep. Thank you, Dave. He, he I appreciate does. it. Yeah, uh, uh, definitely. But no, follow the Hawaii. Uh, yeah, go follow the boys. Go give them some support. Um, and uh, you know that it means a, a ton of a ton to have their you know your support for them because they don't. Again, oh, there we go. We lost Matt. I'm gonna just keep going. Uh, they don't have anything, honestly. Uh, a lot of the kids, they they will um, fish off of stand-up paddle boards. They'll fish off of kayaks. They'll go and shore fish. When they do their uh, high school meetups, they literally will find any type of uh, any type of flotation device to go out on the reservoir and to go and compete against each other. And they have like they'll do fun raffles and they'll do like mud races where they all like make a foot race to go and try to get to like this stash box where they get to keep like a bunch of soft plastics and whatnot. Um, so yeah, supporting those kids means a ton, not only to them, but a lot to me. And, um, and yeah, so it's, um, that, 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 that means a lot. Go ahead and support those kids at uh, Hawaii I think it's Hawaii high school bass fishing. Um, just, I mean, whatever Matt had mentioned earlier, I'll just double check right now, just because for, for good, good measure to give those kids some support um, and, uh, and the love. And also if you reach out to them and you want to donate uh, like any type of lures or anything like that, uh, it was much appreciated. And yeah, it's Hawaii high school bass fishing. Just simple as that. Hawaii high school bass fishing. So go ahead and reach, reach out to those kids. Um, and uh, let's see, let's turn on. I don't know if I can turn on the live comments because, oh, oh, they just turn on the live comments. Sick. Okay. I can see all the comments. <laughs> so if you guys want to ask some questions, uh, we're just going to kind of keep going with it. This is cool. I didn't even know I can do this okay the mercer uh, the, the 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 questions are on guys uh thanks to dave mercer um so feel free if you guys got any questions you know throw them up there and uh we'll try to keep this show going oh guess who's back uh we'll try it one more time just so people know there is definitely a severe thunderstorm severe thunderstorm warning going on currently if it goes down one more you can just log out we'll, we'll reschedule you we'll get you back on because we haven't even gotten into the good story yet 
no, we haven't. But I mean, I'll what I'll do is I'll just run the rest of like the forty five minute if the, it goes out just to kind of like just do it as a precursor because I'm yeah. No, I'm it. excited <laughs> because I get to go back and watch BTL now to see what yeah. happened. Oh, truly, yeah. It, now yeah. I get to see why people tune in. But uh, uh, what was Dave at? What was Dave at? Okay, so Dave, so just to. Uh, I mean, that's a great way to, because I, mean, I was, it was actually kind of a heavy um, question and it was, it was a legit uh, great question that Dave had. He goes, how tough was it going into the last three events and how did you deliver when the stakes were at the highest? Yeah. And, um, and so I was, I was talking about how I had to let go of basically, um, any type of like preconceived like outcome, how, what I wanted, like, obviously I wanted to requalify. I want, I want to keep throwing the Jersey on and, and doing it, but I had to ultimately be okay with that, not being my route and just being able to like, okay, step away from it. I was an incredible ride of two years. I got to meet a bunch of incredible people and now I have all these connections and all these mm -hmm these newfound skills not well these new skills fishing against everyone and learning all these different fisheries across the country so i had to really just let go that was the first thing um being okay with that outcome and then the second thing that i really had to tell myself was just to have fun because i noticed there was times during the first season and definitely sometimes during the second season where it was no longer fun to me and I'll come out and I'll just be straight up honest with that. It turned something that I was enjoying to do uh, every waking hour that I had uh, just to go out and be on the water, to be on the lake, bass fishing, wh whatever it was. But it got to the point where you put in so much work behind the scenes, behind the cameras, behind everything as an elite angler. And Matt, you know, as well, doing the opens, it's there's so much work that goes in behind it. Mm -hmm. And and when you are traveling to these places and pre-fishing and putting in weeks of pre-fish like pre-fishing time and practice and all this stuff, it turns into a job. Yeah. And uh, Mark Mark Daniels Jr. told me, "Do it as long as you love it, but as soon as you stop loving it, you know that's that's when you'll know." And so there was like a time where I was like, "Man, I, like honestly, like this isn't. I don't know if this is it." because I was getting so discouraged putting in, putting in the times, put, like putting in the hours on the water, like, you know, bleeding hands, sunburn, malnutrition, dehydration, like all the things across the board. And it was coming to the point where I was like, you know what, like, I don't know, like maybe, you know, you start asking all these, or like, you know, these questions of doubt come in your mind. Mm -hmm. Like, are you good enough? Like, are, is it, you know, was it a fluke? The, all these kind of things. But then, it, you know what, I'm just going to go out have fun. Were you like really that at the end it. of 2022? I saw you at Hartwell one day after at the open. It was the end of the year. I mean, yeah. dude, you looked, <laughs> I mean, you looked just <laughs> beaten. Like you were yeah. exhausted. I was yeah. like, Hey man, I remember I saw you, you're walking yeah. back. Like you had like the shoulders down. Oh it yeah. Was, you know, it was hot. And I was like, what's uh -huh. up dude. And I was like, man, that dude, I said, that dude has been on the water a lot. And he is tired of being on the water every single day. Like yeah, I could, I, mean, I could tell it had to have been, that would have been like October last year. Yeah. 
That was October. That was the last open uh, on Hartwell of the Southerns. Uh, that was I was fishing the Southern Opens along with the Elite Series. Yeah, uh, which I now regret doing. Um, so you were feeling that kind of weight then, where you were like, "Is this hundred percent as joyful as I intended it to be?" A hundred percent, because I was, you know, a lot of times you'll spend money um, pre-fishing when you, sh- I should have been pre-fishing at the spots, you know, at the elite stops, yeah. not, not, not spending the time to go fish the open, <clears throat> but it was, so it was, I mean, it, it was a lot of that. Um, and on top of that, I mean, a lot of people, if you know, you know, and if you don't, I, I don't have a place. Like I'm mm-hmm. super grateful. I get to come home and, and, you know, stay with my parents. Yeah. Um, and then when I go to California, I'll stay with my girlfriend there, but I don't have a place right now. I, I sacrificed my apartment that I had literally packed up everything into my truck and boat. And as soon, like when I found out that I won the, na- the, the you know, the nationals, I was like, okay, this is a decision yeah. I have to make. If I want to go and chase this stream and make it a reality, I got to go all in. I can't just like put one toe in and just check the water. I had to fully sand and dive in. So there's definitely those times last year where I was like, okay, well, if I don't requalify. <laughs> so who all like, did you crash with like throughout the year? Like where would you crash throughout the whole year? Uh, I'm so grateful that I have so many cool friends. <laughs> it's like, like fans and I, I, people reach out to me like, Hey man, I got a spare, like I got a spare room here. Or I got a house here. Like you're welcome to it. Uh, like no one's staying in there or whatever. And I I had like someone, someone reached out to me, my buddy, Chris, um, in Hartwell, he let me borrow his camper. I slept in his camper for that. Oh, oh, we're back. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, uh, so I, that was that my buddy, Josh, where I, like, I, I stay in his house when I go to Alabama, my good friend, Alex Bazarski in Texas, I'll go and stay with him and his family. Um, cause technically I'm a Texas resident. Um, so like, it's just, yeah. So I, and I have friends like my, my buddy, um, you know, John Kelly, who's also on tour with me up in PA. Uh, and then I have friends down in Florida and it's funny because it's not all from bass fishing per se. It, it's just like some of them are from my prior connections to the photo industry. Some of my prior connections through film and then through, uh, music and all kinds of stuff. So it's, it's just really cool to, to, to have like this compilation of incredible people in my life that are so giving and want to see me succeed and support me. And it means the world because without it, it would be even more miserable because I half the time I sleep on an air mattress. So, you know, there's when some guys are like, right, you live in the dream. I'm like, yes, but you get to sleep in your old bed at night. (laughs) So, I mean, uh, the dream doesn't happen without sacrifices. And, um, you know, I, I think that this is an important moment in my life that um, I'll, I will sacrifice sleeping in my own bed uh, to be able to, to chase this dream for, again, as long as it's fun and as long as I can stay on tour too, because these guys are incredibly talented and, um, you know, it's it's pretty nuts and extremely competitive. I mean, it, to, to me, it seems like you get another chapter almost like what you did at, at the St. Lawrence. Like you seem to you've done a bunch of eclectic things. You're you're I don't want to say like happy go lucky, but you're extremely a positive dude who seems to look at things differently than a lot of other guys. And this is like 
hey, I get to write another chapter in the professional fishing book. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think the last six months, I've learned how to play this game a little bit better. I think unlike fishing the opens, unlike fishing your weekend club derby or a Wednesday nighter, you, one, you travel with the same group of people throughout the entire year. Two, people talk and there's, you have that layer of it um, amongst your your colleagues, if you will, or people in the brotherhood. And then you have, um, and then you have the comp- competition level and, and where you're, you're forced into learning new things, learn, you're forced into learning new techniques and, and doing certain things. Like last year, like I love catching smallmouth. It's something that I really enjoy doing. It's something that I thought I was pretty good at, uh, you know, qualifying <laughs> yeah. for the nationals uh, at Havasu, uh, like leading day one and da da da, like ending up going to nationals through that tournament. Um, I taught myself a whole different way to do it. And I impl- applied that the last two tournaments um, on uh, Champlain and um, and St. Lawrence. And so I, it's trying to be like malleable uh, and staying like Bruce Lee, be water, my friend, you know, <laughs> like water can flow, water yeah. can crash, you know, like, not like be, when, when there's a rock in the river, the water just goes around the rock. So you, you want to, you want to just be able to flow with it and then, and then learn and grow. So Sabine was a very interesting lesson for me was that if you give someone a mile, they'll ask for five. And depending on the individual, you have to be like, like, or I don't know if that's the, the right terminology, but like, you gotta, you gotta learn how to stand your ground. And there are certain times where you have to like, you have to, obviously it's, it's a, it's a tight, it's a tight knit of, of right. people, but, but there's times where you have to like put your foot down and be like, no, bro, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm fishing this. Um, uh, and, I gotcha. And so I, there was a lot, there's a lot of things that I've had to learn over this past couple of years on how to deal with, uh, fishing egos. Like I was pretty good at dealing with egos in, in Hollywood, but then you deal with like a whole other like group of, of, of egos in the fishing space. And so how to, how do you, how do you maneuver around that? How do you deal with all of that? Cause then especially you have guys that have been on tour for like 20 something years and then they, they have this entitlement that they own the water. It's like, bro, I don't care. Like now I don't, I don't care. Like I, mm-hmm watch my last YouTube. I'm not going to drop any names on this, but go ahead and watch my last YouTube. And that was a perfect example. Where I'm like, you know what? I don't care. <laughs> I yeah. don't care. I, I found these fish fair and square about, I'm going to fish these too. I'll laugh at it. And if you want to like, you have an issue with me, come to me directly as a man and we'll talk about it. But otherwise, bro, if I'm not breaking any rules, eat rocks. And that's unfortunately, that's how you got to be. Um, I was, I've had multiple people tell me, uh, on the inside, they're like, bro, you're just too nice. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I, I watched it happen on doing Sabine, which might've costed me the win there. Really? So yeah, hundred percent. But dude, I mean, you also had, you had what, at that point in your career, you had like $50,000 of earnings. You're going into it on your second year. Like that was that, I mean, that was probably big just for like surviving. Oh Yeah. Oh yeah, financially. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean, like yeah, yeah. money wise. Yeah. Like I mean, dude, yeah. you've got a shot at it, and you're looking at it. And I know you're you want to you want to 
do it and make this. But like, I mean, I've been in that position for a $3,000 check before in the past. Like you're sitting there going, holy cow, we're talking a hundred thousand. We're talking 40,000. We're talking 30,000, 20,000 for each spot. Like, yeah, yeah. And you're living on, on blow up mattresses and buddies campers. Like that's mm-hmm. like, all, that's not just like, Hey, I'm standing up for myself on the water. That's like real life right there. Yeah. Well, it's a, and, and I'm also the type of person too, that if someone's going to like go out of their way to like be like that much of a dick or something, like <laughs> it means that much to them to like, to, to win. It's like, bro, go ahead. You know what? Go knock yourself out because this isn't mm-hmm. like my end all in life. Like winning a blue trophy isn't like, oh, great. Now I can go kick back and like, you know, it's like I yeah. have bigger goals in my life that I want to conquer and I want to achieve. And obviously winning a blue trophy would be something very sweet and oh so yeah. delicious. And I would love to do that. But if it's not in the cards, it's not in the cards. And I'm not going to go ahead and burn guys just to go and get there. Like that's, that's not that's not, not the individual who I am. But if it's something if it's something that I found fair and square, and there's something that we can that that oh okay we're gonna work together we're gonna work not oh we're not gonna work together. <laughs> I've also I also grew up in, in lineups where if you weren't respectful of other people, you're gonna get slapped. And so I still I'm extremely positive and I'm a very very friendly person. But if you cross me, then we have issues, and that's. I, I give everyone the same amount of respect when I first meet them until mm. they lose it from me. So I don't like, and that's just who I am. I'll, I'll give you respect. And obviously I have closer friends that have earned more and more respect throughout yeah. the years. And those are the people that I hold near and dear to me. Um, but when it comes to meeting new people or whatever, it's like, bro, until you cross me, then we have no issues. But as soon as that happens, you're cut from my life. Yeah. And, um, and, and I, I don't know if that is like where, you know, growing up on a small island, that's kind of the way that you have to protect yourself. But I mean, now I'm seeing it on, on tour. There's, there's people that will try to push. And mm-hmm. if you don't know how to stand your ground, then, <laughs> then they'll just walk. But I mean, just you. talking to other anglers too, I know that you've garnered tremendous respect over your couple years on tour from them. And there's a bunch that have mad respect for you you know, both on and uh, off the water too. That means a lot, you know, cause I don't know. I always try to hold myself to just do on to others as you like to be treated, yeah. you know, like some of the golden rules, you know? And so. it's so weird. Cause on the water, there's such a, I don't want to say gray area. I hate that term that we use now. Like it's, it's been tossed around to justify things. I feel like, but there mm-hmm. is when it comes to that, like there's a, you can have a guy who thinks he's right and another guy who thinks he's right. And then you're like, well, how do you determine like, okay, you could have like hockey. A lot of the times the guys who are the, the most agitators on the ice are like the nicest, most genuine guys off the ice. So are you looking at the, on the water? Like, is that a playing field or does your, do, do you carry the exact same, demeanor and morals onto the water that you carry off the water into the, you see what I'm saying? There's like a weird yeah, yeah. Blurred line there. Like in normal sports, yeah. it's like they get on the field and it's like, Oh, it's okay that he's a dick on the field for lack yeah, of a better yeah, term, yeah. because he's a great guy off the field. That's just who yeah, he yeah. is. <laughs> but you do it on the water and whatever happens on the water seems to carry off and vice versa. Do you feel like that too? Like it's, and I don't know how to, how to justify that. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a great question. I think that we, we, we participate in a sport that's like no other. 
where you have um, one, the, the playing field isn't always even. Mm-hmm. Two, you have people that are, um, you have clicks and you have relationships that almost you, you have to play your cards right because let's say you, if you burn the wrong people, they'll never forget it. And then it all comes around eventually. Yeah. And so it's like, you have to, like, again, and I just kind of go back to the rule of like, bro, I just want to be treated the way that I like, that I put out there, like treat people the way that you'd like to be treated. Boom. Uh, I, it was funny. I told, I, so Brandon, uh, Polinick and I um, have gotten closer the past few years. And it, I had said something where he's like, um, hey, did, did you did you catch those fish up? Because we were, we were sharing water. He's like, did you catch those fish up there? And I'm like, bro, I wanted to tell you that I did so bad just to like, like, mess with like your head. let you mess with you just so you would stay in there the whole day. And he's like, I'm like, would you, would you've been pissed? And he's like, no, I would have got it. Like, I, I, like, I'm like, and in my head, it, it that doesn't sit right with me mm-hmm. because if I consider someone a friend, I would never do that to a friend. Yeah. And I would never mislead someone. And so, um, I think morally it doesn't sit right with me to, to misguide guys. I just like, we'll just be quiet and be like, Oh yeah, no, it just wasn't. Yeah. I was, I, I caught him in the lake. <laughs> but it's yeah it's definitely some guys are really good at like turning out like oh that was on the water da, 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 da. i'm like no dude if you buzz me on the water then come talk to me on land because we still have an issue because i wouldn't be buzzing you on the water and i'm also the guy that's going to throw a shaka and wave at everyone on the water regardless if they wave back or not and so like that's also something that is in my my roots growing up that the com- community is too small not to wave and say hi to people. And, uh, and regardless of what kind of boat that you're in or what type of flotation device you're fishing out of, you're still on the water, you're still yeah. sharing the space. And so just be, just be kind to people, man. There's too many dicks in the world. That's and, a gem um, right there. That's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, Jeffries, who ran this podcast for, 18 years before I kind of took it over. His thing was I was struggling with that. Uh, I'll tell you, it was like 2013 and I was fishing BFLs against guys that I thought were like, like Sean Goodwin and legends and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, how do I know if I'm getting too close to him and all that? Mm. And he's like, dude, he goes, there's a real easy way to get around this. He goes, if, if you, if it crosses your mind or you have to do anything to justify your actions on the water, if it crosses your mind that it might be wrong, it is. He goes, don't do it. He goes, but if yeah. you are 100% sure that what you are doing is right, he goes, you never back down. No. He said, never. that's super simple like that. If you have to go, eh, I don't think I'm that. I'm too close to that guy. That's a few do- That's enough docks. Or if you have to look mm-hmm. at your co-angler and go, you think that's far enough or something? It's yeah. not. Yeah, it's, yeah you're do already it. in the if wrong. If you have to justify <laughs> it, you're in the wrong and you know it. He goes, and if you, yeah. he goes, if someone comes in and you're 100% right, he goes, you freaking fight tooth and nail to the freaking end with that dude. He goes, and that way you'll always be respected and you might be yep. wrong, but you'll be respected for standing by what you believe is the right thing. A hundred percent. And and, and a, lot, a lot of times it's the optics, right, of the situation mm-hmm. um, and where two parties might feel like, like you were saying earlier, like two parties might feel they're right. But then when you actually take a step back and try to de- like decipher all the little pieces that lead mm-hmm. into it, all the premises, all everything, and then you're like, oh, dang, I was wrong. 
<laughs> or like, you know, yeah. the, the thing that kills me though, is when someone's wrong and they don't have the balls to come and apologize to your face. Like that's what kills me. And that's where I lose respect for people because I'm like, bro, it takes a man to be wrong. And then to go to someone and be like, Hey bro, I was wrong. And I know I owe you an apology just straight up. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was my first year or something like that. Uh, it was Pickwick day one. I I made a run. Um, I I had four pounders on this one spot there biting. I made the run too late. Jacob Fouts was on there just whacking him, and he had like eighteen pounds by like ten o'clock. I was like, sick, thanks Fouts. Uh, I made the run like another thirty minutes away, and a lightning storm rolled in over my head, <clears throat> and my my rod was buzzing. My my co was freaking out, or my my marshal was freaking out. I was freaking out. I was like, you know what? It's not worth any amount of money for us to get shocked right now. We're out of here. Pull the chilling yeah. motor. I went back to the spot that I had had those four pounders on. It was me and Cobb rolled in at the same time. And I was so pent up about one, losing the spot initially to Fouts, two, making that half an hour run, burning an entire hour of my daylight uh, of the tournament day, and then just to turn around and then to be setting down right on, like right at the same time as Cobb. And I didn't say anything. I run, I ran up to the front of the trolling, like ran up to the deck, pulled the trolling motor. And he's like, Oh, that's sick. Pulled it, like put his jacket back on and took off. And I was like, no, 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 Brandon, Brandon. I kept yelling for him. And he just, he took off. Like I felt like such an idiot in that moment. <laughs> and even though that there was nothing wrong, yeah, like, yeah, really, yeah. There, there, there was nothing wrong. Like we just pulled, we pulled up at the same time. Oh, I pulled my trolling motor first in retrospect, looking back on it. And as soon as it happened, I instantly felt guilt. And so I was like, I need to get Brandon's number. And so I like, I think I asked Carl, I'm like, Carl, do you have like Cobb's number? And he's like, yeah, sure. I called him right after that event. And I was like, dude, this is what went down. Like, this is, um, you know, this is why I was acting like this. I am genuinely sorry. And that's not who I am. And I, I just wanted to apologize to you. And he's like, yeah, man, like you should have handled it like this and this and this. And I'm like, you're 100% right, bro. And ever since then, boom, me and Cobb are still boys. And so like, and, and, and it's, I don't know if it's an ego thing or I think actually it is an ego thing. Why men don't apologize to someone. Cause it's just like, Oh, I can't ever be wrong. It's like, no, dude, you can be wrong and you can fix your own mistake. And guess what? You get more respect from me if you can apologize because it takes a bigger man to be able to actually apologize. But that's just how I feel personally. This is a good conversation. I was not at all expecting tonight <laughs> to go. I was, a, I wasn't expecting yeah. to get hit by lightning twice at B, but man, this is, yeah. I, I'm really enjoying this stuff, Maddie. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I'm enjoying, That's true. I enjoying uh, our combo. I do want to, I do want to talk about, and, and you might've done this during the five minutes that we're off, but uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, I had Gleason on and talked about, you know, he had the three years and he's, no, no longer on the elite series. Um, and we've talked a little bit about the backstory and kind of your mentality of how, you know, it's not the end of the world and mm-hmm. the blue trophy, but I mean, you, you went into, do you, what place were you in the angler of the year going into the St. Lawrence river? 79. Like you were on the out, you were way out. And yeah, it was, yeah, it was, I kind of saved my turn. Like my kind of saved my year by my second bag on sink on day two of St. Clair, where I came in with 19. To um, finish 74th. 
to finish 74th, beat Saldane by one spot for a baby check. And oh, yeah, because the top 74 get paid 2,500 yeah. bucks. <laughs> yeah, 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 like beat him by like a couple ounces yeah. just to like grab that little baby check. That's and, okay. Like, He's got Bass Pro money. He's doing just fine. Yeah, yeah, no, Chris is killing it. <laughs> um, but I was just like, all right, all right, sick. Snuck in there, didn't completely bomb, like was able to kind of, yeah, um, uh, was able to kind of like, you know, save that and then going into it. I think I was an 84th there. 84th going into Champlain. Champlain, after day one, I was in 71st because I was in top five. And then uh, day two kind of stayed up there. And then day three, lost all my fish, weighed in 12 pounds. And then I dropped from, excuse me, 71st to 79th. In the angler of the year points. In the AO, yeah, and this was exactly. the first year. I got to give Bass credit. Before, it's been very muddled. Guys are backstage. They have no idea whether they're in or they're out or what the hell they have to do. Mm-hmm. It's stress-inducing. They mm-hmm. probably took eight years off Carl's life over the past couple of years. Oh, my God. Yeah, without <laughs> a doubt, dude. Yeah, Carl's but that being, that being said, Bass said, hey, you finish in the top 70, you're rolling on to 2024, which yeah. was awesome because that yeah. for a guy like you, you knew exactly oh, what white. you had in front of you. hundred percent. It was black and white. It was, it was, it was very clear and it's extremely hard to move up in points as everyone else is gaining points around you mm-hmm. and you need people to like bomb and you need other people, you know, so it's, it's an interesting, I'm, I'm horrible at it. Like Paul and Nick was like, yo dude, uh, you need this and this and this, and so-and-so needs to do this and this and this. And oh, then like, see, I knew he was a liar last well, year. He claimed he never looked at any point and he's hey, never uh, done any math in his entire <laughs> life. And now he's telling you what you need to do to finish in the top 70. That guy's running numbers every single night in his camper. Don't let anyone tell you any different. I think that, you know, I thank you. That was the validation I needed. (laughs) I think the truth behind him not watching it for himself is probably valid, but when it comes to everyone else, maybe, but I mean, he's a smart guy. He was able to like, kind of, he's like, kind of like understand how the points work. And I slowly am starting to get it. Um, uh, Pebbles, uh, John Kelly was able to like really break it down um, really well. Cause he understand, I mean, he went to school for finance. So he like, he gets numbers Really? really well. Jonathan Kelly. John Kelly, aka Pebbles, is his like nickname's Pebbles. Yeah, Pebbles. Yeah. Why? He loves fruity. He loves fruity Pebbles. Huh, there you go. Yeah, and so like the morning, I think it was me, Squid. Oh, Squ- uh, Stetson Blaylock. His name's Squid. Why? So like, because he's the Squid, he finds his way to squid himself into the check in the check range every <laughs> tournament. He got Squid and Pebbles. Yeah. So if you see any of those guys, just call them Squid or Pebs. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but yeah, okay. everyone's got nicknames. So anyway, uh, long story yeah. short, Polinick was saying, "Hey, if you do this, 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 and this, and then divide by three, you're in." Yeah, basically. And then I also had um, who did I have call me um, Bowman? Steve Bowman called me. He's like, and "This is going." This was interesting because he had told me this like right as I'm about to head out for day three. He goes. You're sitting good, but if you don't move up five spots, you're not going to fish next year. Oh, and right before the launch on day three? Literally the night before the launch, he called me on oh, that's uh, savage. On Friday afternoon, Friday evening, and he's like, he's like, hey, I'm calling because I'm bummed that you can't do live with me, but that's fine. 
but I need you to beat five guys tomorrow. I'm like, what? Did you like, want to know that? Uh, no, honestly, but <laughs> <laughs> I had him and I also had Lochran tell me that too. And I was like, dude, are you trying to get my head right now? Because it's working. Um, and he's a I, lawyer. So yeah. Law, and he's also a super so like, had a finance accountant, a two-time angler of the year. The guy who is in the bass fishing hall of fame for starting ESPN outdoors and, and Lochran telling me. and Lochran telling me like, you have to basically can't fall off to stay on tour. And I'm like, Guys, I'm supposed to be like staying like in my head, like oh, I'm just gonna just have fun the rest of the like the, the last mm-hmm. two, and then I got these these guys telling me this stuff, and I'm like, oh boy, all right, let's just stick to the game plan and just go out and just what was see the game plan? Happens. Um, well, I had found honestly, like, were you comfortable with the game plan? Oh no, oh <laughs> I, oh no, if I would have told you that I would have top ten after my two days, so we had two days of practice if you guys just don't if you guys didn't know versus three um at day one i caught like 19 pounds day two which wasn't good no i caught two fish because i stayed i like stayed in the river i so i ran out to the lake day one um figured the the direction of the gnarly wind that we were going to have on day one and i was like okay you can't bomb any of the days um and so i and the best shot in my head of like getting within check range was going to be to make a run um and found some spots saw two other boats and a lot of them were just kind of running by and um and so then after when day one i found a rock pile that had like three and a half on it i caught one four on it and i'm like okay there's fish down here i like you know found like a, a nice little school and they all they didn't leave and i'm like well Okay, those are there. Found another little spot. Those are there. Found an isolated boulder, caught a five off of it. And I'm like, there's, right. there was another good one with it. And I was like, all right, well, I know that's another probably five pounder. And so, well, let's just see what happens. And this is, we had like, I was fishing in like a protected area and I still had four foot rollers. And so managed to get a couple fish in the boat, rolled over to my rock, boom, first five pounder. I'm like, huh, rolled over to my three and a half my three and a half uh pound like rock pile if you will and uh fire out saw a good one fire over to it freaking six and a quarter and i was like oh my gosh like and uh just a grouper (laughs) it was yeah straight up just like megalodon and just and then 20 minutes 15 20 minutes later caught another high high five like one that was just short of six and i was like uh so your first you had three for like almost 17 yeah wow dude that place is insane man yeah but that's still i mean dude you're fighting i mean at that point were you like oh my god my pb smallmouth until day one of st lawrence was only five and a half pounds so your first three fish on the first morning were your PBs, for um, the in theory, in, somewhat in, yeah, close. It makes it good. Don't let the close, facts yeah. get in the way of a good story, Maddie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somewhat close, <laughs> but yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely two of them were. Um, and uh, I was like, when I got my hands around the six, I was, <laughs> I was so elated, bro. I was like, when the thing came up, I was like because it jumped and i was like oh it's a good one like i didn't i, I was like oh it's got to be like a five something like it's not gonna be and then like when it came up 
boat side and it, it was, I, I played her out pretty good so she wasn't super green and when i scooped it i was like i, I was by myself too and talk about just having fun you know mm-hmm. i was then i was locked in i'm like oh i'm having fun all right time to go pre-fish time to go practice and so i started running around i extended my stretch a little bit more boom six another six pounder and i was like okay we got 24 pounds ran around some more called up one more time had 25 10 day one and Golly. then we're in the like, top you're in the top 10 after day one Yep, I was tied with uh, Mr. Welcher. Congratulations on the AOI. I was tied with him for fifth, so they bumped me into sixth place. Um, and then because of the whole title race with him and Cobb, uh, they, I didn't get a camera. So, so are I you glad that you didn't get a camera? In a way, yeah, totally. Yeah. Because I, I'm I'm an entertainer at heart. Yeah. I mean, for those you're of gonna, guys, you're going to talk. Under, uh, I'm going to talk. I want to I want to entertain people. I want to educate people. I I, I don't want to be. Um, just you guys just talking in the back or looking at the back of my head all day. So I, I, I always try to, I always try to talk and entertain. So it was kind of a relief. Um, it was neat because I had a 16 year old Marshall with me and um, his parents came out to the dock when they're seeing us off. And like, and it was, it was really cool to kind of like, to look back at uh, like this, like a, somewhat of a younger me that was just mm-hmm. hungry just fishing as much as he could just time on the water and just to see him um and he was just so stoked and like i'm like all right well we're gonna go out and just give it another shot and hopefully some of the fish are still around and um was able to expand on the area after day one and found a couple other isolated areas within the bigger area and managed to scrape together uh 20 pounds and at that time i had thought okay like i I think she's she's pretty shot um and so i was starting to sweat a little bit you know i'm like okay well those bigger fish are gone the isolated rock like that isolated rock singular rock wasn't reloading um and uh and so then when, you know, when Bowman called me at the end of day two, going into day three, I was like, okay, all right. I know I made the cut, but I can't move down at all. And, uh, yeah, that it was, it was on blast off. I had the same feeling that I had during the nationals, um, on the Wachita river where I was so emotional, um, I, I, I started to cry uh, and it was, it was like, I was just like, my whole body was just overwhelmed with, um, with just emotion. I mean, especially like leaving the dock and you have Mercer, you know, you know, like yelling, uh, announcing your name and, and, and everything. And then you have all the people that are telling you good luck and everything like that. It was, it was a, a overwhelming emotional moment where i'm like wow this might be the last day that i head out as elite angler and um yeah so i just kind of like took a couple of deep breaths as i got on pad and said a prayer as i started like taking off and it was i was like you know what i'm gonna just leave it up there hey if this is meant to be and this is what you want me to be doing then i'll uh you're gonna everything will work out and if not then I, i just it is what it is and I'll be looking forward to the next adventure 
And I just like right there, boom, took a breath. All this weight just came off my shoulders. Literally, like I took like this like flap, like this flap jacket of of like 50 pound weights, and I just was able to throw it off my shoulders. I'm like, well, whatever happens today, happens today. Let's go have fun, have fun, Grom. You know, give him knuckles. We went down first spot, four pounder, three. I was like, okay, go back to the next spot, go over there. Stopped a little short, fished another spot, caught a three and a half. And I'm like, okay, getting close. Got 20 pounds, got up to 20, and I was caught, caught a good five pounder. I'm like, okay, we're 21, 22, caught another four and a half, called up another one of the threes. And um, and then, uh, oh no, Matt took off. Uh, and then it was kind of interesting. Um, like I said, it was, I got similar feelings that I did during the Wachita river, which if you guys haven't like seen this video, please go back on my YouTube and uh, take a look at that because um, you'll see my old boat one had one working gas tank and minimal graphs. And then two, uh, you'll see, I made a couple stops and I didn't stop at any of those spots in practice. And I just had a gut feeling and I, I listened to that intuition something was telling me and I was running back to go and check out this one spot that I had found in practice. I was going over this one shoal and something just said, you know what, just, just take a look, pulled the trolling motor, started looking around. And within two minutes, I saw two really good marks fire over. I was able to call up my last three, nine and, uh, and weighed in. Um, I think it was 2314 or something like that. So yeah, that was that was day three and enough to actually bump me up. I thought it was going to be really, really close and how much I was going to move up because I know everyone was sacking them, uh, especially, you know, just a ridiculous amount of people were catching 20 pound plus bags. Um, and then, yeah, just they're like, well, stick around. You might make top 10. And I'm like, wait, what? And I didn't, I'm not, I don't really open bass track right away. And, uh, and yeah, I can see the chat. Um, and uh, I uh, was like, so surprised when they said, oh yeah, stick around because you might be in top 10 right now. Bass Track has you in ninth. Um, and uh, don't worry, Matt, I kept it going for the viewers. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I got you, bud. Um, and uh, Still had another good five minutes in the story, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so yeah, weighed that. Was that man managed to move up? They, they, they're like, okay, yeah, you finished in ninth. Actually, let's, let's get a top 10 going. And I was able to stand in line. And one of the most incredible feelings as a, as the, as an elite angler is one making a top 10. My first one was super special on the Sabine, but to getting the feeling of having Dave Mercer yell in your face, the things that you've accomplished is one of the most visceral experiences of a competitive angler and a moment and every time it happens i'll be able to exactly replay that memory in my head because it is such an emotional time for you because of the amount of work the amount of blood sweat and tears that's gone into that just to make a top 10 is so overwhelming and to have a such a talented person that does it all the top of his head and That's remembers impressive. everyone's stats is like beyond me. Uh, so yeah, shout out to Dave. If you're still he does watching. it for all 104 guys too. And FLW stats and everything. Dude, it's, it's phenomenal. So I, uh, yeah, it, 
I don't know if wow. you went over this. I think I've got this. I'm gonna have to do this over the top of my head because the screens mm -hmm. crashed. So you you requalified. You ended up finishing in like what 67th, 66th, 67th, 67th, yeah. which sounds like you're in, but it's really four points in because it was really <laughs> tight there at the end. You finish yeah. in ninth. You were ninth after I think the third day. Literally one pound was fifteenth place. So if you just do the math real quick, that 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, like one pound less. If one of those sixes is a five or a five is yeah. a four, or one, it's crazy how you spend so much money and so much time and come so far and qualify for so many things. And then it comes down to such so, um. and, and and this is the same conversation and this is this is what's weird in my head as talking to i had this conversation on the other side of the coin with gleason yesterday two days ago as a guy who's like dude i i don't i mean he did the exact same work he spent 10 years trying to get there he goes to scoop one and it comes off in his hands costs him a pound costs him mm. you have it's it's such life is weird like that, isn't it? It is, man. And it's, I'm, I'm not like, I don't know, man. Like I'm, I, I like my, I took enough religion courses in college to like basically mm -hmm. minor in religion, um, okay. but I still have faith and it's, it, it's those un, it's not described. It's undescribable. Uh, the feelings of whether it's someone that's looking out for you and you have like if guardian angels, if you want to call them, or it's, or it's the overall plan or like where you need to be at where, at what, at what stage you are in life. If anything, just for me personally, it just gives me peace of mind when things aren't going your way. Mm -hmm. And I always try to find the silver lining, find the silver lining because it's so easy just to get eaten up by like the negative impacts that are right in front of you. And that's the first thing everyone sees. It's like, this is negatively impacting me like this way. And this is all I can see. And you get blinded by it. And I instantly, when something bad goes wrong, try to find the like, okay, why is this happening? How can I get out of it? If I can't, what are my workarounds? And then is this a, is this something that, you know, is this something that needs to happen right now? Is it because is this, is this a lesson that needs to be learned? Um, and then I try to let it go because you know, I like to feel sorry for myself for if it's a tournament and I did bad, I get, I give myself one day I like to, that. To, to feel sorry for myself. Um, if I lose a fish, 10 seconds. Oh, 10 I, seconds. Can't be, I couldn't be, I'm not able yeah. to do that. How are you able to do yeah. that? Oh, I have a fit for 10 seconds. So I like you go like full Ike in my head, you know? And okay. I just, I like, uh, Sabine, I lost a legit four pounder on the last day. Oh yeah. I, it's like I, a like, nine or 10 anywhere else. Uh, dude, like, like knife to my heart. I fell down on my, on my back on the, on the deck of my boat. Yeah. And I just took a few deep breaths and I'm on live camera. Right? Yeah. I <laughs> think I remember seeing this. You and got I'm it. Like, like coming a little oh, bit, yeah. didn't you? Yeah. Oh, it got it all the way, like almost to the boat and made a surge at the boat and broke me off. And, um, and then I'm like, you know, a couple deep breaths. <sighs> All right, done. Shake it off. All right. At least they're biting and at least they're eating a spinner bait. 
I got another spinner bait. Let's tie this sucker on and go. And sure enough, like just within that, the, those next couple of minutes was able to, to catch up a couple more and, 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 and make, was able to bump up a little bit, but you know, it was, it's, it's hard as anglers to, to let go of mm-hmm. a lost fish. And especially if it's a big one, because then you have the, what if game that goes on in your head? Like, what if I had landed that one? Then, then if, if I had landed yeah, I that, that one, I would be in everybody. this way. And then you come up with excuses, right? And that's when mm-hmm. excuses start flying. It's like, well, yeah, I lost like, you know, da, 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 da. I'm guilty of it too. I mean, I shoot, I, w- I lost a bunch of fish during Champlain. That would have been in the top 10. I would have easily finished in the top 10 at Champlain if I didn't lose this fish that I lost on day three. But again, an excuse. It wasn't meant to be. I lost them. And was there things that I learned from that? Yeah. Is there things I would have done differently? Uh, I felt good about my, my decision making. And mm-hmm. I feel like I was able to change because the fish that I had found in the group of all the anglers weren't there, got pressured out. And what later on, I found out they went shallow. I was able to regroup on an area that I had caught only a couple fish in and then turn it into, I look up and, you know, way down the way there was Brian Schmidt and I was like, Oh, or Smith, uh, Brian Smith. And I was like, Oh, he's also here too. But this was like this long stretch that, that I was like, I had found fish and practice in and I didn't even check in on it until I was 12 o'clock and I had one fish on day three. So I had to scrape together some stuff and manage to make it happen. Um, but yeah, it's, it's wild on how, you know, I, my, my heart goes out to, to Gleason and, and the rest of the boys that didn't requalify. Yeah. But then there's know, just I, as many guys who did like you who have that, who have that story. That's, I said, it's weird how, how, how life works like that. And now you, you're going to have to, you're on a year by year basis now. Yep. Like yep. you've got to be top 70 for the next, until mm-hmm. you get that five years in and can start dropping your worst year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm going <laughs> to give it another shot next year. <laughs> see how she, see how the chips play, you know, and uh, see what happens. Uh, and that's, that's all I could do. I, I'm going to definitely like, do my due diligence and my practice going to go and try and pre-fish as much as I can. Um, I like this year, I didn't make it back home to Hawaii until now, which is the end of the season. So make the sacrifices of not being able to see, you know, a lot of my friends and my family and uh, just to try and to keep going and learn. Cause I mean, there's so much more to learn about this thing. And, yeah, and, I think, uh, I mean, yeah. you've done a lot of podcasts before you've talked with Mercer, Betty talk, but I mean, you weren't like a, hardened seasoned open pros with yeah for sure. tons of flw and toyota and bassmaster open experience before you kind of got thrown into the fire in this thing i mean you're obviously mm-hmm. a talented angler you win that national championship and then all of a sudden everything's before you mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you're doing a lot of learning as you mm-hmm. go like at oh, the yeah. top level against the top 103 guys out there <laughs> Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. it's trial by fire. Literally, I mean, oh, it's yeah. insane. hundred percent. hundred percent. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, again, trying to know that I have the skill. I know I've been a waterman my whole life and I know I've put in time. Have I been competing at the highest level against, you know, guys in the open like yourself and whatnot for, for years? No, not at all. 
but do I have the heart and do I have the mindset to get it done? I think so. And so learning from guys like yourself, learning from other anglers, even just weekend warriors, you know, in certain areas that are like, oh, yeah, well, you know, down here in the south, we love a shaky head on brush piles. Dude, I didn't throw a shaky head on brush piles until literally my last year or to my first year on tour. And so, like, there's a certain things that, you know, I, I had to learn and I had to learn fast. And I feel like if you don't have an open mind to certain like new techniques and and learning um it can really kind of it can it can close off opportunities for you so i just try to keep my head open keep my heart open and just say try to just learn and just be a, a, a sponge you know and and for you guys that don't know i didn't fish my first tournament until 2018 yeah so it's, it's the uh, only professional sport in the world where this could happen. Like you don't see a guy who picks <laughs> up a, t- but that's why I freaking love it. Oh man. Yeah. It's that's why I love it. It really is. Yeah. And you're not going to have a guy who picks up a tennis racket at 18 and then beats Nadal in 22. Yeah. It's just no. not going to happen. No, probably not. Highly unlikely. I'm showing this stuff here. I want to definitely show it. So this is no, your uh, clothing sponsor, Lateral Vision, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, are they a Hawaii-based company? or They're not. They're they're okay. based out of Southern California. Um, the crew, Nick and Derek over there, and the rest of the guys that help run it uh, are an incredible small team that have been an enormous uh support for me on so many different levels if it wasn't for lateral vision there's no way i could have competed uh on the first year i wouldn't have been able to afford it and also the second year um so they uh they have been ever so kind to um help me with this capsule uh, a lot of which i've helped co-design and all of the proceeds uh, go to help supporting me. So it's 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 not like they're making a profit off of. Uh, oh wow, that's fantastic! My, my fans that are going on and buying my merch. It's literally they they cover their expense and then they and then they give the profit to me. So uh, if you guys want to go on and take a look at that, it's lateralvisionbrand.com. And thanks for having that pulled up. Um, and, yeah, it's really cool. There's a lot of cool designs yeah. here. Lateral, L-A-T-E-R-L, vision, V-I-S-I-O-N, brand, B-R-A-N-D, lateralvisionbrand.com. And then when you just yep. click under the new collections, there's the Maddie Wong collection right there, and it's got yep. everything. Yeah, and then there's also, um, we're working on, uh, I, I want to get like a spicy meatball one up and going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think a lot of people enjoyed that uh, during the last two events. And so I'm, I'm going to make a, like a shirt that says that and it's going to be like a, a fun animated deal just like the rest of the the fun stuff that they do over at lateral so yeah if you guys can go ahead if you pick up something take a photo take a selfie tag me i'll repost it and and it, and it means a lot to 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 have a, your support uh well maddie the stream has kind of been like your first two years a little bumpy but we pulled through in the end <laughs> I greatly yeah. appreciate it. I'm sorry, man. There's yeah. nothing I could do about that. I need to hey. have like a generator that kicks in or something like that. But uh, uh, thank Technology. you for keeping the show going. Thanks, Mercer, for also jumping on and and, and helping out a little bit like that. But I knew uh, yeah. I, I knew I definitely wanted to have you on. There's a lot of people that are pulling. A lot of times you say, "Ah, oh, did you see that that Maddie made it?" 
uh, a lot of guys that were really happy to, to a have you around for another year. And then people that were really happy to, uh, uh, to be able to watch you for another year too. there with some of the, you know, a lot of the live camera and live stuff that you had, you developed a, uh, a strong fan base, which is awesome because that gives you, I mean, that's just the whole, it's amazing what can happen in a couple days of fishing is what it comes really? down to. It's yeah, it's, it's so it's so humbling and and i always enjoy you know talking with you and so thank you for having me on um and whenever i feel like i can talk with a like-minded individual and to be able to share story and then also to be able to answer questions and be able to kind of in a way indirectly talk to your your listeners and your supporters and your viewers you know and the synergy of of like-minded good anglers call come together and so it's a uh, it's always my pleasure and extremely humbled by it. So, and I didn't get you up at 3 a.m. So it's a win. Thank you for win, also win me situation. Because you know I'm finally getting some sleep. <laughs> yeah. When are you so, coming back? Do you know that yet? Or um, I do not know when I'm going to be coming back yet. I'm going to be well. I'll be back in California in October for a few weeks. Um, okay. And then you fishing I, the U.S. Open? I don't want to say yet. Okay. Sorry. I'm. Try, I'm I wanna. I wanna make that happen. I haven't even like I haven't even re- reached out to uh, uh, to, to to Juan Bass yet. But oh, you're I, not I, in it. Okay, I see what you're saying um, there. You're gonna have to pull so, some yeah. strings, so to speak. Yeah, I might have to to to, to ask a couple of favors, but um, I want to try to. It would be cool. I I need a. I don't have my trucks in Ohio, so I would have to get uh, a vehicle to to tow a boat. Um, but that would actually be a great event because I, I love supporting all my West Coast guys and yeah. and um, and just to be out there to help encourage them and, and also take their money if I need to. But, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking, joking. You pull but, a bird train to just do a bass cat boat and a hundred grand just going into that the was next incredible. season. Bertrand's such a good dude, man. I he is. Was, he's he, he's yeah. a he's an all timer when it comes to genuinely nice anglers in the fishing industry. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. Good dude. I saw him on, I mean, real quick. I saw like the first time I saw him, I was intimidated because I'm like, dude, that's Josh Bertrand. And I mean, we were fishing, uh, it was, got a little uh, Seamus look going on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a Seamus. Um, and, uh, he, uh, he, he was just so cool. What's up, man? Like just yeah. like instant, like greeted with a smile and like, uh, and a high. And, and then he's like, yeah, I totally remember you from like back in, you know, back in the day when you were fishing Havasu. And I was like, dude, that's so cool, man. And then ever since, so like, he's the man. So yeah, hopefully he doesn't. He's, he's been the exact same, in. exact same from the first day I met him up yeah. until now. The, the only difference is like four years in, we were hanging out and he said a curse word. And I was like, wait, whoa, you, it, it wasn't even a bad one, but it was yeah. like, it took four years for him to get comfortable. In. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's, that's, what, that's how good of a dude that, uh, that Josh is. Yeah, no, so, for sure. There's a bunch of good, I mean, you know, you talk about it earlier, dude, there's a bunch of good dudes in this industry on both sides of the fence. There really, there really are. And the fact that you get to spend the majority of your time around people who are also living out their dreams. Uh, and are doing what they've wanted to do. And, you know, some of them have put it all on the line. There's some like you hadn't fish a tournament till 18. There's some who knew this is what they're going to do from eight. There's some that like you buddies with Brandon, who's nicknamed the prodigy who was winning yeah. when he was in his early twenties. You got guys who have been living their dream for 30 years. You got superstars, you got quiet guys. It, I mean, yeah. it, it, when you really look at it, 
you, you look at, at, at a whole, it's a really cool industry to be a part of. No, really, man. I mean, it's the only, uh, coming from the photo industry and the music world, it's like, it's small, kind of similar to those two worlds, but it's even a tighter knit community where you don't have like, you'll, you, yeah, you're going to have your egos. Yeah. You're going to have like certain people that, you know, will rub you the wrong way. But as an overall, I, I'd like to think that the fishing industry is definitely a family and everyone definitely looks out for each other. And, um, and I, and I also like to throw this out there too, for anyone who ever has any questions, anyone who's like questions on sponsorships on, on certain techniques or anything like that. And, and you think that I may offer like a piece of advice, just feel free, reach out to me and, and I'll try to, you know, do whatever I can. And it's, it's just so neat to be in this, in this space where like you just said, the industry is so small and that everyone, it, everyone knows everyone. And it, 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 it shrinks the world down because we live in this massive planet, but like in a, in a space like fishing, it, it brings all this, this fellowship even closer together. And I think it's so cool that we have friends in Zimbabwe that catch 15 pound largemouth that most people don't know about. And then like friends in South Korea that are catching bass and Japan and all over the place. So yeah. I think that's a, I don't know. It's cool. This is really rad. What? It ended on a trivia question. Uh, you're obviously from uh, Hawaii. Do you know who mm-hmm. the uh, only elite series angler from Alaska is? Whoa, from Alaska? Yeah. Won, a, okay. won an elite series tournament. No way. I, I'd be lying if I said so. I'm not even going to Chad Griffin. That's... Chad Griffin. Chad Griffin. Yeah, it's from no Alaska. No way. Yep. Hawaii wow. to Alaska, Australia. Japan, dude, that's all nuts. over Canada. I mean, dude, I know, I know that Hawaii and Alaska in the United States people don't say that. I was just saying non-traditional, <laughs> far away, outside of the forty-eight. So, yeah, no, that's wild, man. I mean, it just goes to show. It just if you have the heart and you have the determination, um, don't ever give up your dreams because you, you never know that it, it might happen, uh, and just. Like I said, I gave the same speech at the nationals, you know, and when the opportunity presents itself, get ready to grab the horns and ride it as long as you can, because you might not ever get that opportunity again. So that's a great one to end it on Maddie. Uh, before we lose the stream for a fourth time, like I said, you have been a true trooper. <laughs> Greatly appreciated. Thank you for all of the listeners for jumping on for a little bit of an impromptu BTL though. No BTL tomorrow. Uh, on Wednesday, you can listen to the uh, Maddie Wong replay. I'll have to go in and doctor that up a little bit. And then on Thursday, we return with an all-live show with the man Frank Scalish, day four with Frank Scalish, and then I am off to uh, the juggernaut that is Watts Bar in Tennessee. Ooh, have fun with that. <laughs> Thanks. That, that sounded very optimistic from the most optimistic <laughs> person on tour. That's, I don't know. That sounded maybe a little... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> little foreshadowing yeah. but all right yeah. this has been another edition of btl we will see everybody thursday later see you guys